Blog Talk Radio. Pleasant uh, good evening to all of you out there in Radio Land. This is the Cricket Show, and we are waiting to join. Excellent guests round about 18. So, in until then, we will play you an interview with Dr. Shallow on Mason and Guest. And then at 6.18, we'll come back and we join Mason and Guest. Remember, you can reach us every Sunday from 6 until 9 Eastern Standard Time on 1-515-605-9850. Until then, listen to Dr. Shallow. must say, of course, that to exactly a year ago, um, on August the 24th, 2019, uh, we had a big election. I think it was a Sunday. Um, Dave Cameron up against uh, Ricky Skerritt, and with double, double nomination, uh, Mr. Cameron actually lost the elections 8-4, and that really was a, a, a beating for Mr. Cameron. And ever since then, Dr. Kishore Shallow was on the line, and uh, uh, Ricky Skerritt, they've taken over the reins, and exactly a year, and it's only fitting, Trevor Clark, that we speak to them. So let's say hello to Dr. Shallow. How are you, Dr. Shallow? Hey, Andrew, good evening to you, Dr. Ford and Jamal in the studio, and of course, to all you have listeners and other technical people there. Right, okay. Now, exactly a year in office. How's it going for you? Are you happy with your work in the first year, Dr. Shallow? I think it's a good progress, but before we get there, let me just apologize on behalf of President um, Ricky Skerritt. Um, he was really open to be on the program this evening, but unfortunately, he has caught up in a meeting. And so he has asked me to, to express his um, express apologies on his behalf. All right. Well, let's hope that we can we do we, we can get uh, uh, Mrs. Carrot next week. I think it's important that uh, we hear from him. Uh, so to the question now, um, your first year, are you happy with it? Yeah. As I said, uh, we have made some progress. You know, um, it's difficult. The challenges, of course. Um, West Indies cricket has been, I mean, over the years, Andrew. We have had quite a few hurdles that we have to jump over and climb. And, you know, bearing all that in mind, I think we have done a fairly good job in the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look at the 10-point plan. Any achievements as far as that's concerned? Creation of a cricket-centric organizational structure, increased investments in grassroots cricket, enhancement of the franchise system, modernization of the court and education. You know, you got a lot here. Uh, when you look at that 10-point plan, any, any progress? Yeah, we have touched on at least all of these points. Um, when you look at the creation of the cricket-centric um, environment, you know, what we have said there is that we are moving players to the top of the, um, the priority ladder, and we have been able to do so. Um, also creating a, a, a four-year cricket calendar, which I suspect would be, would be um, affected now by the, by the current um, COVID virus. But you know, we have that um, guide to work with. Also, we have aligned our strategic plan with a cricket-centric environment. You know, we talk about the optimum use of technology where we have been using, um, you know, Zoom, the internet generally, to facilitate meetings and reducing our expenses, you know, being more cost-effective. And we have a selection analyst, you know, being more analytical. And I'm sure, when I listen to Jamal, I'm, I'm sure that he fully endorses that one. Mm, you know, um, um, listen, I'm listening, Dr. Shallow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. 
you know, um, increase increase investment in grassroots. You know, that is something a work in progress. We have started the dialogue with the governments across the region, and what we are saying is let us hold hands in, in improving cricket and developing cricket, grassroots cricket, and we we expect them to to invest. You know, as as cricket West Indies, you know, intend to do, but we have to do this together. And quite frankly, they have been quite receptive to the idea, and so. We, we have had a few discussions with, with prime ministers, you know, across the region, and, and we intend to have a meeting with the other prime ministers at some point over the next few months. The enhancement of the franchise, that is another point on the 10 plan, 10 point plan. One of the achievements there is getting players at the franchise level to realize that they are professionals and that what we expect of the senior players, especially with regard to fitness, mm-hmm. that we are holding them also accountable. For that regard, and we have seen improved fitness. Your, your, your president there now, Mr. Conley, um, would tell you, you know, that they have the fitness um, team in the Caribbean, and, you know, and, and the other teams are right there behind them and pushing them, hoping to take over that, 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 that title, you know. So they have been, um, you know, responding positively to the call of fitness and returning to work. And, and try to advocate for better governance and management at the franchise level. Mm-hmm. Modernization of the coaching system, that is an area that we believe must be addressed at the, at the youth level, go right up to the senior level. And so we have recruited a coaching educator, you know, a specialist in development coaching, Chris out of Australia, and he has been on the ground now for a few months and has been making some progress so far, and we can go on and on. We, we talk about the revamping of the selection system. I think that is one of the many successes that we have had, you know, where we have seen players, you know, improve, increase confidence in, in our system again. And, and, you know, people believe that, their players believe that they are now selected more on merit and are putting up their hands as German Blackwood has done, as Kevin Walsh and, um, and, and, and the other um, players, Brandon King, another example, have done in sleep year. You know, so the work continues, Andrew, you know, and, and but you're fully, fully committed to, to doing to an, um, what, what the, you know, the affiliates have, have voted us to do. The other two on the 10 point plan, we pay stakeholders. You know, when you talk about the relationship that we now have with our players, government across the region, and even the media, Andrew. Right. You know, I don't think I don't think I've called the previous um, president in your program ever. No, but he's never, no, he's never, he's never. Exactly, you know, because that right there is an improvement in terms of, you know, all our stakeholders are equally important to us, you know, and we mean that sincerely. And of course, utilizing, utilization of our regional exports where we have brought back Phil Simmons as our head coach. You know, we have involved persons like Troy Reefer. Kenny Benjamin goes slowly, Courtney Walsh is again coaching our system. You know, one of the things that person don't realize is that last year when we hosted a few trumps of our West Coast senior men's team, they included persons like Joel Adama, Ronnie Sawan and Brian Hara mm-hmm. to, you know, to, <clears throat> to meet with players and, and, and talk to them. So we were continuing to address all the items on our 10-point plan, Andrew, and we are using this as a guide to ensure that we keep performing and, and of course we rely on feedback from programs like this and other stakeholders across the region to keep improving. Your good friend Dr. Ford tonight, Dr. Sewell, I applaud you at your, your efforts 
uh, thus far. Um, you have outlined that you've been able to touch on most of the aspects of your 10-point plan. Um, unfortunately, the, the success uh, hasn't been achieved just yet in terms of, of changing the fortunes of the of the teams on the on the park. But a year in and having had a grasp of what it takes to administrate uh, cricket in the region, do you think that maybe there's some additions that need to be added to your 10-point plan in order to to push the fortunes of the various teams forward? Well, I mean, when you look at the, the history of our cricket, um, not the food, you know, I mean, we, we have been struggling as a team in terms of our performances for some time now. And, you know, Ricky and, and myself, you know, and, and other directors, management, we, we, we are not um, thinking in any way that we are going to change the fortunes overnight, right? And realistically, we, we won't. What we are hoping is for incremental improvement and, you know, just seeing, uh, getting the commitment from players to perform after play for West Indies, you know, the fitness improvement over the period, you know, those are incremental success, uh, successes that I believe that shows that we are on the right path. And that is what, how we are um, going about measuring our performance as a, as a, as a leadership group, you know, and, and as a as CWI currently. But, but you don't think you think that this ten point plan encompasses all of the important aspects to to create the result that you would achieve. Uh, my, my real question, in other words, is uh, what else do you need to do other than these ten things to improve the problem? I think I, I think these probably fundamentals. You know, and if we can get these right, you know, investment in grassroots cricket. You know, a coaching system, right? You know, get selection system improvement where we have confidence in our players and everyone given, you know, using our original, original exporting so that we have our West Indian brand that once dominated world cricket and so on. You know, I think once we could accomplish all these, that's the food. And I'm sure there'll be other areas that would plug into these. I think that, again, I mean, we have the formula that would take West Indies cricket forward. Yes, uh, it's my turn now, Dr. Shalo and Jamal here again. I know the interest in 10 points, and you said you touched on them. So obviously, I'm conceding that, you know, some have not been concretized uh, to the point where you can see they're actually moving in a direction where you can see that incremental change that you're looking for. I would say from, certainly from my vantage point, at number seven, the revaluation of the system of team selection has been the most aggressive that I can see uh, from my eyes. Um, that has gone about in terms of how we went about with your task force, et cetera, and the change structure um, of the selection panel and the creation of a cricket center organizational culture. I can see that the relationship between the captain and the, and the brass, um, for, for lack of a better term, is a bit better than what we would have seen over the last uh, eight years or so. Uh, but my question to you is, uh, well, there are 10, and while you're touching on all, there are some that should take uh, precedence. There's some that should, preferences should be um, up front, you know, to keep your overall um, engine moving forward and then obviously incrementally dealing with that other stuff. So I'm hoping uh, that the separation is there. And I would like just like to add that the modernization for me, from my eyes, the modernization of the coaching education and the utilization of the regional technical expertise in particular, 
I need to go hand in hand if anything that is going forward at this moment and then I speak to that because if you have a poor coaching system, I actually was a part of the meeting with uh, Chris Brabazoon and taking his name from Australia. Um, that's the effort already being shown where they're putting a coaching education manager in place. But as you said, he's been on the ground for a couple of months and he has a lot of wire to untangle, uh, but the time is still no. Need to get the education uh, coaching system right. Like, for instance, the Center Excellence in Barbados, the purpose that it serves. Um, under the BCA, I have to say I commend it. Um, I've seen an action, obviously, work there, but seen it actually see what the thought process is. And you can see what's okay, you can birth some pretty decent under 23 cricketers and so on from this. One thing is, in terms of the total picture over the region, it's something that needs to be reinforced. I, I know, for instance, a couple of years ago, I performed the same with the bus term. 20 odd players, and, and that was it. You know, that was a neat little cashier of players, but you have so many guys out there, you don't know what their future and their fortunes will be. And as far as the utilization of the technical expertise is concerned, I noted that we said that every game was a former test player. Mm. I find those things very interesting. And that's not to accuse you of anything, but I'm saying that you know, we have to be mindful that there are guys will be able to do the research on the cricket, and mm. uh, younger generation, especially yourself. Uh, being a vice president and as a guy that understands the social sciences and so on and so forth, you have to find a way uh, to marry the new, maybe the old or the aging to take the product forward, to take it forward and, you know, into the next generation and so on and so forth because I don't think you would be foolish enough to, to, to fool yourself into thinking that you would be able to uh, remedy all the ills of SMU and crickets within your tenure. Um, it's an ongoing process, but certainly you need to plant the seeds that will take us in a direction where we can say, okay, this carrot is shallow, Movement mm. is what started mm. this revolution, mm. and, 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 and that's my comments to you, sir. Well, one of my big big difficulties is the, I think, uh, you know, the economic fortunes of mm. the West Indies. Uh, the mention of the 20 million uh, overdraft or deficit, and the I think that is the one of the the biggest limiting factor to progressing as far as we are concerned, because it will affect how the players are are fashioned, how they're, the mental aspect that young Blackwood spoke about, I think that's our, our biggest limiting factor, and I think that may be one of the reasons why we've been having an, you know, this futile effort over uh, two decades to try to get back uh, as a force in cricket while others have been able to to revive themselves in a shorter period. Is it that we are less skilled? We, we know no. We know that's not the case. Is it that we are less intellectually gifted? I, I believe that's not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I suspect that the monetary aspect and the facilities may be uh, two big things that, that aren't explicitly mentioned in the 10-point plan that I think uh, mm -hmm. definitely missing. Do you agree with that? Yes, I'm, I'm listening to, to Dr. Ford. And unfortunately, I don't agree with most of Dr. Ford.
you know, make this something that is important in right. order for us to go mm-hmm. forward because we've tried everything mm-hmm. else. But I don't, I don't want to be agreed with, mm-hmm. but I, I, I want it to be considered because mm-hmm. if, if after the two years mm-hmm. or whatever, however long the tenure is, mm-hmm. you can't see a, a significant improvement, then right. you have to ask yourself, what's the missing link? And that's right. the question we have to ask ourselves Ooh. with Cricket West Indies. What is the missing missing thing? That's something that has puzzled, you know, many people over this long period of time. Andrew, I, I know we've discussed it right. several times. Why why can't we see light at the end of the tunnel? Why can't we turn the corner? I don't know if Jamal, because um, if you have any insight into that, that would take too long. So would, yeah. But evidently, there's something that we aren't doing that we should be doing. What I honestly think about the board is, is not a case of a missing link. I think it's, it's a cohesive effort in terms of it's not that one thing we can identify that remedies the ills. I think, as I said, I was trying to point out the Dr. Shadow, which points are the ones that you would take forward. You know you have a car, the engine might be working, transmission is not the best, mm-hmm. and racks and the rods keeping it on. Now you're going forward. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's time you get some more money, you change the rack and the rod, et cetera. So that's what I'm speaking to.
change at the last minute, and we want to find out exactly what's happening. Of course, Mason and guests, we get to the issue in Guyana. Well, Sanasi is no longer in charge. I had a chat with the president of the uh, Guyana uh, Cricket Board, uh, my good friend, uh, uh, Mr. Singh, and he's saying to me that his board will be meeting very soon to decide whether they'll be supporting Mr. Sanasi. That is going to be a great impact. Uh, I would suggest, in fact, the two representatives, uh, no, Mr. Jubahadio and uh, Fazal Bakas. In fact, I've got the list. They were doing homework, and I've actually got the list of uh, those who were supposed to vote. And a little bit later on, on the show, I'm going to pull my piece of paper out. And we've been in a position, of course, to tell you the names. But that could very well change with a change in administration. He tells me, of course, he's got to meet with his board. So I'll just do a, a bit of an interview with him this evening, but he says this is not the time for yet. Uh, we hope to be able to uh, talk to him very, very soon indeed. But without any further ado, we've already got on uh, Zoom, fellow Wallace all the way in England, fellow looking as cute as Evan, his new, uh, his new glasses there. Fellow, it looks as if you bought them today. With a big smile, and got Gregory Shackford as well uh, on the line as well, because uh, he is going to give us a perspective in relation to the Windwards. And of course, he is uh, uh, very well known, a former CEO of Cricket West Indies, and one who is Dominican to the bone, and one who has had a lot of experience in the terms of management of, uh, 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 of course, uh, cricket uh, in the Caribbean. So he's no stranger. A little bit later on in the show, we also hope to uh, touch base with. The, uh, the Vice President of Cricket West Indies, Dr. Shaw Shallow, he's going to become a, a call-in. We hope to touch base with Ronnie Shaw one as well. And uh, we've also hinted uh, that we may be in a position to talk to Johnny Grave, the CEO. But without any further ado, I've done a lot of talking. It's 20 past six. Let's go first of all to Philo Wallace. Philo, give us an assessment of the day's play. 354 to the West Indies in response. Uh, the situation is that it's 136-3, Sri Lanka. Your assessment of the second place. Good evening, Andrew. Good evening to your esteemed guest, uh, Dr. Ford, uh, Mr. Schillingford, uh, you know, the people around the world who listen to you, particularly those in Barbados, uh, you know, a lot of the people who follow this program. Uh, my good friend, Sherlock Hart, who continues to be a forward and stuff like that. I took a look at this surface. <laughs> It's not the same, or it's not even similar to the first test uh, that match up maybe at the Pacific Stadium. Service is a lot slower, and obviously it calls for a lot of grafting, as we saw from Craig Grafting. Uh, he, obviously, he was determined that West Indies would look about a force, a much bigger total. Uh, but when you look at the, the end result of, of 354, uh, with coming in at, at the back end and, and showing the kind of, uh, of batsmanship that, that we expected from him. Uh, to get up to 354 with, with an effort. Uh, they were maybe hoping to get a few more this morning, but the Sri Lankans continue uh, to, to stick to their guns and bold the lines at good length and, and just try to, to rear the West Indian batsmen down. Uh, when maybe the Sri Lankans bat again, they can still feel. And he obviously he needs a punch, but he's getting up the same way all the time. We're talking about black for Sri Lankan captain's getting up the same way all the time. When you look at the Sri Lankans' reply, it, 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 it is steady. Uh, they're, they're building 136 to three, and, and that four wicket partnership between the, the silver who, who has um, six, six or seven half centuries and, and, and six or seven centuries already hit that. So Shandamal, Pope, Angelo Matthews, 
they know that Shandima will be the, the, the main cog in the middle order. And obviously, it's settling quite nicely. And, and, and they've, they've built a, a partnership they have to come back tomorrow and, and start again. But the Sri Lankans, again, are, are, are forcing us uh, to work really hard for wickets. I, I think, too, Andrew, that the selectors have made a boo boo again. We needed that, that left arm spinner in Jamal Warren. We don't need four fast bowlers and Kadamirs. Ooh, okay. Let's talk about Shannon good. Mm-hmm. Andrew, when we look at Citroen or, or Cricketers, this, this test match, these series are different. And, and, and Gregory will attest to it. The test matches, no, you only have three days between. Right. There's no cricket in between. That so recovery time, yeah. Yep. into a test match, a mm-hmm. test series sort of work. Mm-hmm. Turn around periods, or I can't see him getting ready for a second test match after looking so bad in the first. Mm-hmm. But me commit fitness, Andrew, that are going to benefit our cricket. We need beat Sri Lanka to jump ahead of them and to get the international test match points from the ICC. So I thought it was a boom with the same ball in the top. And we look at the pitch, the pitch is flat and our bowlers are ready. They look, they look jaded. Although we batted for almost two days. And it's going to be hard work for those fast bowlers. So the Sri Lankans obviously are going to set up the bat long. And they do have the ability to do that. And the bowlers will just have to work really hard tomorrow uh, to try and, and bowl up the Sri Lankans under, under that 300 and, and before we scored, 300 and so it's going to be an uphill task for the rest of this bowlers tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And a challenge as well for Captain Frank Baffin, how he rotates his bowlers. Because he already has a problem already with Shadagiri. Both some quick balls mm-hmm. still look short of work. And I, I will allow to see Jamal Warwick on that pitch, along with Warwick. Mm-hmm. Have the spin swings in effect. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It's a question of managing, of course, alone. I always say it's strategic when you consider the situation with uh, Shannon Gabriel in England. Look very good in the test, and then the second and third, he was a bit of a goner, really. We saw the same thing in New Zealand. We also saw the same thing uh, in Bangladesh, and I, I'm surprised that he, that he, that he certainly uh, played in this test match. I mean, he's turned around, as you said, three or four days. And you got to manage him. you got to manage his workload, and I'm very surprised that he actually played. But, you know, that's not part of our culture, really, to be strategic. I'm sorry, I've said it before, I'm criticism, but... Uh, you know, you got to do better, really. I mean, you're not dropping him, you're rotating him. Look, look what the English are doing with people like Jamie Anderson and these guys. Yeah, when you look at England, England's setup is a whole lot different. Yeah. I'm, not big, I'm not a big believer in rotating. You don't have enough ball uh, to rotate like that. But when you look at Daniel Gabriel, he is stiff. Mm. And he's stiff all of his career, Andrew. Mm. Right. He, he just looks sort of work. He does not play enough cricket. I thought they would have played him in the best of the best game. He did not. He played in the Sunday game. And that is not enough for a man to start him. So mm-hmm. I, I think that after the first test match, you need to take a chance and say, look, you don't think you're, 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 you're ready for, for this series. I'm preparing for the next series. We have three other teams coming to the Caribbean. I try to get him ready for those teams. I get working in. We want to win. We want to be able to Bangladesh winning. And we want to continue that winning habit in the Caribbean. It'll be beautiful for us to win this series in the Caribbean. No, we're going to fight because the Sri Lankans are going to fight us too for nil. They'll realize that the pitch is flattened. They're going to look again. Mm-hmm. Not long because they, they, their mindset is different to our mindset. They have the patience. The batsmen might not have as much skill, but they have the patience. And we saw in the first innings, in the, in, in, the, in the first test match, when a young man in his debut scored 100 through patience and then he got in and he flowed. And that is what they're going to do. They're going to try to get in, and then they're going to flow. It's going to be a lot of hard work for us. 
bowlers. We're hoping that the second new ball will bring us some success. But we need to try and make influence. I think that we need to look at how we, you know, the, the, the least select to keep saying picking horses for coaches. Mm. I just think he's picking horses. But surely mm. you're picking the coaches. <laughs> That's interesting. All right, let, let's change the conversation now and, and go to Gregory. Children uh, for their lovely Dominica. He was there last year, just before COVID struck. That when arrived, no one had a mask uh, at all. It was easy to walk to the beautiful streets of Roseau. Fellow, I know you've been there before. You never had mountain chicken. I understand the the, the mountain chickens there in Dominica. They're in the hills and they're sick. So I don't know if Gregory um, can do something to help. But it's nice to see you, Gregory. First time appearing on on this program. How are you, my friend? You got to turn your mic on. Turn that mic on, Gregory. We got to hear you. Turn that mic on. All right. Turn the mic on, Gregory. All right. Yes. Yes. Are we hearing you now? Yes, you are. Oh, for, wonderful. Uh, wonderful. Privilege. Privilege to be among eminent um, guests like Philo <laughs> and Dr. Ford. <laughs> Not in. <laughs> right. Or, no, no. no perspective here. I mean, the news across the world is that the, you know, the best Indies were supposed to have an election on the week. That has been postponed. People are blaming Barbados. People are blaming Ghana. In fact, only this afternoon I, I heard someone say it's an absolute embarrassment as far as Barbados and uh, Ghana are concerned. Now, tell me, in, in relation to what Barbados and Ghana are saying, do you think it's not a case? Gregory, talk to me. I think they do in terms of look at corporate governance and what is the provisions in the Articles of Association of CWI. Um, you know, a meeting is called, is given, you give notice of a meeting for a shareholders meeting. And that shareholders meeting, which is the AGM, in this particular case, involved an election. Mm-hmm. But there are other statutory requirements that you have at every AGM that you lay on the table the final audit accounts of the organization. And according to the requirements of the articles, the directors must first finalize the audited accounts, right? the auditors, right? And when they are final, then they're made available to the shareholders. So apparently, it it is not clear whether the directors did finalize the audited account. And from what I understand, the first accounts that were provided by the auditor was the CWI accounts. It was not consolidated accounts, which you included accounts of facility. So that was done, and then accounts presented, and these accounts went to the associations, not in the required time according to the, the articles. They required to go at least 14 days, because clearly important accounts, which summarizes your entire year's financial transaction, need time for shareholders to them. Mm-hmm. And remember, the shareholders are not directors who are seen accounts month in, every month, every quarter at the end of the year. 
shareholders accounts for the first time. And they need time to be able to go through the accounts and get an understanding. And this is important, a great background, that in the former years, the same directors used to be the shareholders attending the meeting. And it is instructive that it was only Barbados who separated their directors from shareholders. So it means, therefore, that you no longer have the situation where the people attending the shareholders' meeting are already familiar with their accounts as the directors are. So any, in any organization with its wit, with its salt, you know, you must provide them, the shareholders, with enough time to look at their accounts. You cannot just lay papers, you know, on the table or send them by a few days, two days before, because shareholders have their own life. They work. They're not at home just being shareholders, paid as shareholders to review accounts. You know, they have to do it in time available to them. I don't think it was enough time. I understand that a request was made to defer the meeting so that the shareholders could read their accounts. You know, and this is serious stuff. I mean, I've been in board meetings where, you know, management put accounts table and we just different management didn't have enough time to review the papers or review the accounts so so this is normal i mean if you're a professional person attending a meeting your fiduciary duty is to perform in the interest of the organization and if an appeal was made give time to review the accounts right review the reports i i think that was reasonable would you say, Gregory, that the criticism of Guyana and Barbados would be unwarranted? Because there's been tremendous criticism. People are even calling it an embarrassment. Well, you, we all operate according to articles, mm -hmm. which define how we treat with each other. Right? That's the purpose of articles. So if we all agree that I shall get a document in this before, and mm -hmm. I don't get it. I reserve the right, you know, to take action because it was not done as was expected by agreement in the provision of articles. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it is disappointing that we couldn't get the meeting going. But whilst you're saying that you're disappointed in Barbados and in Guyana, are you disappointed in CWI officials and the leaders providing those accounts and papers on time? Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, they, there's a fiduciary responsibility mm -hmm. for them to do so. Mm -hmm. So if it's meant to be shared with them, nobody thinks that. Mm -hmm. uh, Doctor, and that's the question that has to be answered. Mm, Dr. Ford, any response? Fellow, you're shaking your head, Doc. Uh, Mr. Shillings, referred, uh, good, good night and good day to you, Andrew, Fellow, and all the listeners. Shillingford, uh, I guess you were a former CEO. Can you tell us uh, how the contribution speaks to the account, the audited accounts not being ready, um, is, that, is, is that a sufficient reason to call off the meeting? One, and two, if the accounts aren't ready, would that preclude you from going on with the rest of the, the meeting, including the elections? There have been meetings in TMs where accounts were not ready and the meeting was deferred. Mm. Right, that has happened. 
right? There was a deferment. The auditors communicated with the CWI or in many other companies. If you're not ready and your duty is to lay those, those um, accounts on the table in the meeting, and before you do that, first have to lay it on the table of the director's meeting. If it is not possible, you cannot undertake the meeting purpose of looking at the account. You can, if you want, by agreement of all shareholders, undertake the other agenda items. But it is the right of shareholders to receive their accounts on time. It is the right of directors to finalize the account, the accounts and lay them on the table. But what is the procedure in case where the accounts aren't ready? You've made a request to have a postponement. It doesn't happen. Uh, if you get into the, the AGM and, again, put that proposal for a deferral, um, would that go to a vote and the vote would determine if the meeting would continue? As long as you have a quorum. Okay, that's one. Number two, have you known a, an AGM with an election where a ballot isn't, isn't used? Is it custom to have an election without a, a ballot? Um, under the articles, I think it's section 41, it provides that uh, uh, when a call is, when a question is made, answered by the shareholders, that it can be answered by first a show of hands, mm -hmm. or if a full member requests a ballot, right, full, then ballot will be undertaken. That's in, that's in the article. Okay. But, but based on meetings you've gone to, uh, what was the procedure for for voting during elections? Well, first of all, a, a person to conduct elections is appointed, right? And that person, fully versed with the articles, would inquire first of the, the, the participants, that is the shareholders, how do they intend to vote? Do they want it to be by of hands or by a ballot. And in my experience, when I attended, it was indicated by a ballot. Hold on a minute. Let me hold on a minute. Is that your wife? Yeah. He, oh, my golly. She, he, he, he's gone. He's gone. Uh, just, just, just tell her you're on Zoom. You're live on Mason and Guest. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so the, the, the person conducting the election mm. would inquire because they are mindful that there must be some agreement how to do the, the, the voting, whether by show of hands or by ballot. And my experience is that at EGMs, especially for elections, the, the delegates are preferred to do it by a ballot, a secret ballot. Mm. And for several reasons, right? Um, because, you know, there people have relationships. If they don't vote for you, they don't want to disappointed that they identify who voted for who. Mm -hmm. So the secret ballot provides, you know, for, for, for that mystery. I mean, you have a general idea because people in advance would indicate who they are supporting. But there are times when some territorial board, some members have mandated their delegates to vote a certain way, and the delegates are privately going to the meeting and vote another way. Mm -hmm. That, 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 that has happened many times, you know? So, 
another question. Another question, I agree, uh, in relation to the finances. Yeah. All the territory boys receive finances at the same time. If, Barb- if Barbados and Ghana are claiming that they received the finances two days before the AG, which I think is wrong, but yeah. finances are important. The other ter- the other four territorial boards received theirs at the same time. But they're like, please, to have those financials that are very important, two days before a very important AGM. What do you mean by that, please? That they did say that they're, they're objective to the finances coming. Right. If all the budget. All the territorial boards receive the finances on the same day. Yeah, but that is if they are um, competent or if they are interested to analyze the financials, you know, because remember, their company, you know, their company, they have to determine if their company is doing well, if it did bad, why, and ask lots of questions, what costs they have going forward, you know, why were these expenses undertaken? You have to go into detail if, if you care about your company. But, but I'm asking you the question. Now, you, you're taking another sphere. You're telling me that the, the territorial boards that receive their financials, the same day as Barbados, they care about West Indies cricket? That's for them to answer. Because they, they're not... If, 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 what is the reason for, in the articles, or in any company, for you the to... Articles read, that you, the articles are the rules. The articles are the rules. So you have yeah, to adhere to the rules. And if you breach the rules, the rules, the, rules validate, the rules have a validation that you need time to go through the document. You can't put a document on the same day, on the table, a day before, and expect it to be properly, effectively, dissected, treated. Agree with you. Yeah. So if two territorial boards are saying this is wrong, I am shocked that the other four are saying that this is okay to us. It's not right. Well, the people should be aware whether, you know, they are really serious about our, our business. Okay, when we come back, when we come back from our commercial break, um, I want to talk to you, Gregory, about the situation in the Vinwoods. There's talk that uh, Glenn Joseph, who um, is the president of the Dominica um, Cricket Association, was supposed to be the man voting. Um, but uh, at the last hour, the last minute, there was a change. And I want you to take me through the process, having been in charge of the Windows for a long time, and the Leavers as well, as uh, to the process there. And uh, I'm sure that many, 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 many listeners across um, the Middle East want to hear from you. But of course, we've got a post of this is brought to an association with our very good friends at Bobby Lestotri, promoting new sport and culture. Hey, look at you stepping I'm a new shoe. Well, I step up my names with Red Wild Nine. It's been, 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 Till nine, and if we are holding until we get back to Mason and guess, let's go right back over to Mason. Well, guess. And of course, may um, very well be presenting somewhat um, very soon in relation to this case with Chris and these. Um, you never know, you might have given advice to the board, or even, might have given advice to his good friend Calvin Hope, or even Mr. Sanasi, who is 
uh, this time up there, Sikriba, I was trying to, to reach him to get him in the show, but he tells me he's got to go to a funeral up there. So we're not in the position to hear from him. We also have noted journalists who join us, the bearded Fazir Muhammad, and also have with us Gregory Schillinger, the former CEO of Cricket Cindy's, who had to go to the door just though and stop his wife from coming in and interrupting the Zoom call. But of course, you've got the power in the house, Mr. Schillingford. Well, talk to me, uh, Gregory, about this situation in the Windwards. Uh, my intelligence tells me that I've met him before. Glenn Joseph was supposed to be the man voting on behalf of the Windwards along with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mr. Carol Henry, who is uh, in uh, St. Lucia. He's the president of the St. Lucia Association. But just before the vote, Mr. Joseph was fired. Can you explain what happened, or did it happen? I don't think that happened. Uh, remember, Cricket West Indies gives notice of an AGM. And in addition to the notice, a request goes out to shareholders to nominate their representatives at the meeting. Right? So mm-hmm. that, the case of the Windward Islands, it would go to the secretary of the Windward's board. Mm-hmm. And the secretary of the Windward's board would be then duty-bound to inform the president receive this request. And he would have to convene a meeting to determine from the rest of the board who the representative would be. Right. What I think has happened is that the last meeting of shareholders was to discuss the way report. Right. And in that case, Mr. Glenn Joseph was the president. Mr. Carroll. Now, what were they feeling? St. Vincent, president of the uh, Windward Board, Mr. Shallow. And just in recent times, Mr. Currency was appointed as president of St. Vincent. Ms. Dwayne Gill is president of Grenada, but he's also a director on Cricket West Indies. Ms. Julian is a director on Cricket West Indies. And Mr. Carroll is a representative, right, of the West Indies board. So it means then that you have every, con- every holder of the Windward board representing the governance process and gaining the experience of how to participate at that level. And that is what would be called a fair and equitable situation where all of members, right, acting to participate at the level of Cricket West Indies. So now an election is undertaken, is being undertaken. The vice president is the president of the Women's Board. Right? He's counting his and he maybe takes the position um, well Dominica may have some complaints about the windward board and it's not water but that is pure speculation because Mr. Glenn Joseph is a honorable man right? and if he gave his commitment to support the windward position then why are you to determine 
that he would not, right? But to, to, to guard your position, you put Miss Currency, who you are sure will vote for this scary kiss and shallow team, mm. right? And um, so that was the position. I mean, Mr. Joseph was entitled to be uh, a representative again because when you get a fresh notice with a fresh request, the winner is entitled to decide at that time in the, uh, when they receive the second request who they vote. But if you are the president of the World Island and you want to build what is called harmony in the Windward Island, right? If you want people to not feel disrespected, then you spread the thing around where is participating. But the action did not seem to do that. So to me, the bigger issue is not so much that then was refused or not. The bigger issue is what is now going to be the reaction by cricket lovers of Dominica and participating cricket in relation to an action which seems to disenfranchise Dominica. Mm. Is this a one-off disenfranchisement or no? This is examined in terms of how do you build unity at the Windward Islands level? Because if you cannot have unity at the Windward Islands level, you need to have unity at request in this level. You know, so we need to look at that very carefully, you know, because it, 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 it is not something nice that mm. um, And it needs to be resolved. Professor Mohammed has joined us. Was there any reaction to anything that uh, Mr. Shepard just said? Good evening to you, sir. Good evening, Gregory. Good evening, Gregory. Good evening, Gregory. Good evening Gregory. Good to everyone. Again, I, I, I'm more concerned with the bigger picture, to be quite honest, rather than the particular. But one issue that, that from, from two years ago that I recall, I, I don't know if you try this for me, Greg. Did the Windward Islands make a commitment to support a Cameron slate two years ago and essentially set up the Cameron slate by changing their votes at the election? Well, I'm not quite sure because. Two years ago, um, Mr. Shallow, Dr. Shallow, declared his inconsistency with courage. That means that the winners would have been split in how they were going to vote, because there you have a popular president of St. Vincent going against a popular winner president, the president of Dominica. You know, so yes, guarantee, irregardless of if the Windward's board had said, yes, we're going to stop Nanton in relation as, as um, scary, uh, not shallow, you know? So that's okay. what it's about. Okay. The reason I, I bring this I understand all the specifics of this, and I'm talking about and was fellow and Doc as well, is that from one point of view, We've seen this all before, as far as what the statistics of it might be slightly different, but there's almost always something related to infighting at the level of cricket West Indies. Whether we're talking about it from the territorial side as well, then it comes to the central level, whether it's the issue of financial being presented late, or whether it's the issue of being 
for cheating or obstructionist, uh, Andrew and to the other guests. Uh, we've been here so many times that with, with, the, with the greatest respect, I think while we are preoccupied with the details, I wonder how many people actually are willing to step back and say, we actually have a situation now where West Indies cricket, at least in the men's team, is looking at encouraging. Shouldn't this be the time for, and I'm, I'm talking about the Skerritt administration as well, not just the challenges. Shouldn't this be the time for to create an environment of, of openness, transparency, conciliation, so that all the, the competing uh, parts of this of the pool can work together for the interest Because, uh, as I said, I, I know there's a lot of fascination with who gets fired and who didn't get fired and who presents what report and who didn't vote and who and, and all that sort of thing. But the next step, gentlemen, is the same as we've had in, in previous situations. And, and I can't see how at the end of it all, West Indies cricket, at least on the administrative side, will come out any better. As we, as we, we have a, a federation. Mm. I know, I, I know about that as well, and I know how that, I know how that ended up. But the point is, the point so, is, Greg. So, so the question, no, so the question then is, is our society mature enough for us to forget about the partisan, you know, inclinations of people to support this one and not support that one, and for us to change our vote at the last minute in the AGM and that kind of thing. To answer your question, and you're I, quite right. And let me say, you are quite right. You know, the question then is, how do we how do we attain that maturity? Right. Secondly, you know, um, when are we going to do it? You, you mentioned the Western Federation. It collapsed again uh, because again the, the the individual politicians of that era wanted to be the the big fish in the sea, basically. Yet still, Western cricket has survived that. Western cricket hasn't broken apart. Many people have even almost advocated for the dissolution of, of West Indies as a unit. We've had international commentators and journalists talking a bundle of nonsense about it would be better for us to break up and so on, which is complete foolishness. But what I would suggest is that do our individual representatives, whether from Dominica, whether from Trinidad and Tobago, whether from Barbados or whatever, do they see beyond their narrow priorities towards their specific constituencies, or do they bigger? That is my issue. To answer your question, Rick, it always be like this. When people feel they have to satisfy their constituencies first before they do anything else. Well, let me put the question to you. We had a Webby report on governance. Did they address how to solve that problem? I, I believe they did, but when removed within the number of directors, I think it's about 12 now, reducing it to six. Uh, there are a number of different issues, Greg. And, yeah, and I think the issue is not about directors. The issue at hand is about shareholders. I, I hear you. And, and to, be, to, be, to be honest with you, Gregory, I could get confused myself with the stakeholders, whether it's shareholders or whether it's directors, whether you call them uh, fry fish and actors you call them. It doesn't matter. The issue is at the end of the day, 12 individuals, men or women, or 18 individuals, men or women, sitting around the table and seeking the best interest of Western cricket, even if it means, let me just give a practical example, 
even if it means saying, well, okay, I have no issue with Darren Bravo being dropped because he can't make the team right now, those who performed in Bangladesh, and they deserve to be selected, and so on. We are too parochial. We, we, we hinge on, on, on this idea that I am here to defend my island. I am here to defend my territory, as if that is going to make a difference. Growth of Western Africa. So I take your point, Greg. I'm not trying to dismiss the issues of shareholders or directors or whatever, but the fundamental issue is, and maybe uh, you're right, the, the wouldn't really answer this because if you have individuals who are not persons of integrity, who, who do not see the greater good of West Indies cricket as the number one priority, we'll be revisiting this situation every Monday morning. What an answer question. Who has the power? Is the shareholder or shareholders to represent the Windward Islands? Where does, who has that power? The Windward Board. The board itself. So one person cannot make that decision. No. The board, it's a decision of the board. If you look at the articles, it's a decision of the board. They have to call a meeting of the board. A live meeting. Zoom. Was a meeting called that to, to, to remove Mr. I have no idea. Andrew. In the meetings of the National Bank in Dominica um, Friday, it was. Because mm-hmm. the meeting of shareholders, right? The yeah. bank made $23 billion for the year 2019 20. And when the shareholders asked the directors, are we going to get a dividend? The chairman of the board said, they reserve the right to, to to take the direction of the ECCB, who recommended that the dividend be given. Because given the fragility of the economy, the bank needed to safeguard itself to have reserves. And they didn't recommend that they give a dividend. But the shareholders were all up in arms saying that, you know, 23 million, you can't give us 1 million out of that for dividends, you know. And they, said no. So the shareholders looking for themselves because they put their money into the bank and they expect a return. At one time, mm. the shareholders almost said, if you don't give us a return, then we'll get management and directors who will give us a return. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, time is tight. Uh, Fazir, you're looking thoughtful. Uh, let's just switch the conversation a bit very soon. Johnny Grave is going to join us. But before I do that, um, what has been the reaction, Gregory, Shalimpa, a question to you, uh, in the rem- removal of Mr. Joseph there in Dominica? Are there any there in Dominica? Mr. Joseph? Mr. Joseph went to his board, and his board backed him 100% of the disappointment that Ooh. Dominica has right. been able to participate in the governance process at the Cricket West Indies level. Hmm. So, so can you? They have other complaints. They have other complaints about participation. That seem to have put the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. So, do you think it could have a fractured relationship now with uh, Dr. Shallon and, and uh, another um, territory in Windward? Could there be a fractured relationship? Well, there is a fractured relationship right now. Ooh. I don't know if it will persist. Right. But there is a fractured relationship right now. Oh, I see. 
Very, very interesting. What is your take? What is your view of the first two years in office of uh, Mr. Shallow, Dr. Shallow's president, and um, of course, a very good friend, and he um, has been on the before. We hope to get him very soon, Ricky Scary. When you do an assessment of them for the two years, do you give them a passing grade, Gregory? Well, I wouldn't even attempt to give them a grade. I mean, uh, I mean if, if they could have looked into the crystal ball, mm. I don't think they would have wanted to be president and vice president at that time, given COVID and or given losses, given the lack of cricket, given the lack of money to finance and pay people. It's not a nice situation. Anybody in any company would want to be in the leadership of. Mm. You know, so, I mean, whether they did their best, whether they could have done better, these are normal questions that shareholders would ask of them. Could you have done better? Mm -hmm. I believe it's possible they could have done better. Mm. You know, did they do their best? Maybe their best was not good enough. You know, but I I say that they attempted a lot of Mm. And, and uh, well, 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 let me let me be straight up front. Are you impressed? Are you no, impressed? I'm not impressed. Okay, well, tell well, tell the Mason and get Why are you not impressed? Well, if, if we, uh, but, yeah, wait, 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 go ahead. Yeah, Greg, where are you not impressed? Well, not impressed because did we did we convert our influence or seek our interest to the optimum at the international level, as we know, right? Um, did, we take, did we seek the opportunity to place somebody that would really represent us at the level of the... Money and we spent it. You know, if we, if we borrow loans to increasing our payables, you know, our receivables not increasing, you know, we're getting more of our receivables paid to us, you know, we have to cut back all other companies, you know, in this COVID time and so on. I mean, did we really have the best? You know, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think maybe better could have been done. You know, so so it was challenging time. As I, I would not have liked to have been president and vice president at that time. You know, it is not a, it was not a nice situation for Caribbean. You know, mm-hmm. I so, see. So, All right. Well, well. That I'll means be... maybe circumstances, maybe circumstances prevented them from doing better. Well, let you go pretty soon. I know Fazir got a response, and then we're going to be talking to the grave, the CEO. Yes, we're there. Well, I, I, just, I mean, I, I understand all, all of the all of these the individuals, but just as an example, if what Calvin Hope is saying is true, that they were only presented with the financial reports the day before the actual meeting, that cannot be right. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. I mean, if, if, if Calvin Hope is speaking the truth, well, then that is for him to deal with. But if he is speaking the truth, and they were only presented with the financial reports the day before something as important as an election or an annual general meeting and so on. That cannot be right. So again, it comes back to the issue of integrity. 
comes back to the issue of honesty. It comes back to the issue of whether people are still playing these political games at the highest level of our administration, or are they really seeking the best interest of Western cricket? And I know Andrew mm. really doesn't answer your question mm-hmm. because we, we, we like the integrity about who didn't turn up, who's the uh, candidate sabotage, who's set up by who and whatever. But at the end of the day, gentlemen, uh, are we really saying that one individual will look at the administration of the team and prioritize their ahead of ahead of Western East cricket, as we seem to always be doing every time? That is my question. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, let's bring in uh, Johnny Green. Favorite a bit, uh, Gregory. We want to take, of course, Ms. Graham into the politics of West Indies cricket. Anything that you heard from Gregory or from Pazir that you want to respond to? Good evening to you, sir. I only just joined. Apologies and good evening. Um, I heard the back end of what Pazir said, but um, we put a press release out on Sunday that articulated what had transpired in the stats. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's pretty much what happened. So, um, you know, the financial, consolidated financial statements that, let's face it, is the first time in our history consolidated financial statements. This is because we now own Coolidge Cricket Ground, Inc., um, a subsidiary company. Um, you know, they were sent out on Friday um, to, to all shareholder members now the audit, risk and compliance committee on the Thursday. Um, but the actual financial statements that were for Cricket West Indies uh, audited by KPMG, were sent out 14 days beforehand. Um, Coolidge Cricket Ground, as we all know, is a, is a cricket ground in Antigua. Other than the, the rent income from the Antigua Athletics Club uh, and some Clark rent, all the costs of running that cricket ground are already in the CWI account. So, you know, this, this, the, the focus of and, and the substantial difference between our financial statements and consolidated with BCG extremely minor uh, and that's why the audit risk and compliance committee and the finance committee approved the audited statement uh, on Tuesday the 9th of March that's why the board of directors approved them on the 11th of March subject to those consolidated audited statements not having any substantial changes so um, you know that was quickly satisfactory to the board um, five shareholders notice on that basis so one would assume that they were also comfortable with receiving financial statements of Cricket West Indies between the consolidated account as a last-minute request from a KPMG um, uh, referral um, under sort of their COVID regulations where other partners and offices within the business have to do a review of all accounts at the moment. And under the review, that's what transpired. So um, as I said, it's... Um, in the job four years, and Cricket West Indies never fails to uh, to, to surprise me. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was extremely disappointing mm-hmm. from where I sit, because I think as the chief executive of Cricket West Indies, our accounts have never been in better a better state. We produce monthly management accounts every month, sent on or before the 15th of the following month. Um, two of the shareholder members are on our ARC um, in Trinidad and Tobago and Association. So they've had the monthly um, management accounts every month all year. We provided the audited financial statements more than 14 days before the AGM with the consolidated financial accounts being sent out to two of the shareholders on the 
and their members of that ARP committee and, and for the rest shareholders on Friday. So, um, we also confirmed with both Barbados and Guyana that they received all of the Zoom details, the, the AGM pack, the audited statements on the Saturday, and, and no one said they weren't attending. So, um, yeah, a very disappointing situation. Nonetheless, we will reconvene on the 11th, and hopefully we will complete the, the AGM and the election. Fazir, any reaction? And then we go to Gregory. I see you were shaking your head, Gregory, just now. Sure. Yes, Fazir? So, uh, uh, Johnny, uh, good, good to chat with you again. Um, do you see this situation in, in any way impacting upon the marketability of West Indies Yes. I think, that, I think so, it's very clear that the reputation of this organization uh, in the eyes of the world uh, is massively important to the brand that West Indies mm -hmm. I think we've made enormous progress over the last few years to repair that brand, not just globally, but actually within the region to fans in the way that we've, you know, not had really any major shocks and, and news on the field and, and certainly less so off it um, of late. But um, the recent event definitely damaged the brand. And, and I and the rest of the executive have spent the last 48 hours speaking to sponsors, broadcasters, reassuring our stakeholders that the AGM will go forth on the 11th. And we really hope it does because all of this affects us. And management had worked, along with our order KPM, we had worked tirelessly to get the consolidated. This rest came from an in South Africa uh, that we in the review in the day. Now, we only completed cricket ground in August. And remember the financial statement at the end of September. Mm -hmm. land registry for CCG. So within the last month of the financial year was when we took over the, the acquisition of the grant. Um, and the auditor said, look, you can, you actually, the only for CCG to be resolved before October 31st of 2021. That has been resolved with the government and the acquisition kind of being completed. Then we'll ask you to consolidate it. Um, that changed the last this 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 referral and luckily all our financial information for CCG had been put into accountancy software and was back up to date. So we're in a position actually within three or four days to provide DKMG and they thankfully to turn that around very, very quickly not to do the consolidated audit and also get that second part of the review done and completed and out by the head of the agent. So um, all of this is huge improvements to our bankers, to the IC, and uh, we're going to explain why we haven't been able to do that. And my question to you, uh, John, is if in April the 11th there's a similar fiasco, what Well, unfortunately, articles, you know, we will follow the articles. People have asked us to follow the articles when it comes to the consolidated information and then and not comes to the election process. So we will follow the articles because that's how we should be governed under good corporate governance. And the articles say that you have to continue to reconvene until you get a quorum. And a quorum is, is, is one of the shareholder representatives. So um, we, we need at least nine to have a quorum and for the AGM to take place. And there's no provision other than, I guess, going through the courts to force shareholders to attend. To go that way if it becomes necessary? I desperately hope it won't be necessary. I mean, why shareholders would take any action that, as I just said earlier, the brand can't 
that damaged your reputation is unfathomable to me. But I mean, as I say, uh, I continue to be um, surprised and, and shocked by some of the actions. Uh, but it's um, yeah, very much hope, maybe naive, but very much hope that the 11th will happen. Barbados said clearly they were wanting to look at the consolidated audited statement. Um, now they will have had four weeks to look at the CWI account, two further look at the CCG accounts. Um, uh, I'd like to think that on that basis, CCA would put it mm-hmm. uh, Gregory, any reaction? That's a flat pitch in, in a, I think we would have a flat statement from John In 2007, we had companies, the World Cup, and we had this cricket board, consolidated statements, right? Now, I was a director of this cricket board. Clearly, when I attended meetings where we did management, management accounts, quarter accounts, and then at the end of the year, we approved. Um, final account. I clearly did not pass it to somebody who would have been identified to attend the AGM prior to the AGM being the, the articles require that the final accounts be sent to shareholders, whether individual accounts or contributors accounts. They require they go to the, the, the shareholder participants. Right? And shareholder participants having been then given a consolidated account. You know, I think they were aware that um, the, the, the implications of the consolidation was material. And people are entitled to do their accounts in detail. Yeah? And um, if it was done at the request of the auditor and not shareholders, then even more than why they need time to, to look at their accounts. You know, so, so you cannot see a concern available to territorial boards for their directors and then automatically is available to shareholders and meet it. That, that's not fair. Gregory, not for one second am I saying that. I mean, firstly, I would say that in 2007, the World Cup company um, you know, would have been substantially more than cricket ground, which, as I said, is literally small monthly EC of revenue from the athletics club and the car park. That, that's it. Uh, it's, 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 it's inconsequential in terms of our overall finance. Uh, secondly, the payments were sent out two weeks beforehand to the shareholders um, of, you know, to, of the CWI accounts, and they're the substantial accounts. So that said, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with the principle of 14 days for the consolidated accounts. I would have thought that the BCA would have let us know if they weren't attending. They would have spoken to the chairman or written to us and allow us, other stakeholders, other shareholders, to, to all convene on a meeting and wait for over an hour, calling people to find out if they were in. I don't think that's a reasonable position. Did the BCA write to the CWI requesting a deferral of the, of the meeting? They wrote on Friday requesting a, a referral, having previously waived notice of the audited accounts, yeah. 
Okay, and um, we, we, we wrote back to them to say that um, everything they noticed and therefore the AGM would, would take place. Mm-hmm. And was there, did they have any specific concerns with, with any of the accounts? So they did ask for a deferral? They did, yeah. Okay. What does the article say? If a, if a chef, full member requests request a deferral, how do you treat it that? So I don't think the article speaks to that eventuality, unfortunately. Does it, Gregory? You, 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 does it, does it, Gregory? Gregory? No, it doesn't. Ooh. It doesn't speak to it. Mm. It doesn't but, speak. Uh, Johnny, if I could just come in with, with, with one more question to you. Uh, I mean, you, you've been involved, uh, as you, as you said, for, for about four years now, which would mean that you've been at, at the helm in the, in the last period of the administration. Do you sense, I mean, I know it's a difficult question, but I have to ask it anyway. Do you think that, that there's any residue of, of animosity from that election of 2019 that has created this situation, that, that, that it's essentially bad blood generated from two years ago that is being resolved now or, or being sorted out now, whatever the term you want to use? I don't know. I mean, I'm still learning, I think, clearly in terms of West Indies cricket politics and how that works. But certainly, um, as I said before, you know, my philosophy had been you know, in 20 years cricket, what's good for the, the, the national governing body is good for the, the, you know, the counties, the clubs, the member states, the territorial boards. What's good for the parent company? So in our, our case, what's good for the ICC means ultimately it's good news for Cricket West Indies. And, and that flows down to the territorial boards, the local associations in Leewards and Winwoods and, and clubs. And therefore, you know, that philosophy would mean that everyone wants to work together um, and come together under this fantastic brand and, and regional identity of West Indies cricket. And um, I don't really understand that the mindset where you set yourselves up almost as opposition in, in a sense of a political party. Um, you know, we're in this together. We need the game of cricket to come together. We, we expect and demand our players to, to be role models for the region to set the example and to, to be ambassadors of, of, of West Indies. And um, I would expect that from, from all the staff um, that, that work for Cricket West Indies and everyone associated with it. I think we've all got a responsibility to that brand. We ask the players to pay for the badge and for the region and, and to make the region proud. And I think that's a philosophy that our core values speak to. And that's to, to everyone within the family of West Indies Cricket to live by that and to put West Indies above all self-interest. And um, I don't know if it's if it's harping back to that election two years ago, but again, I think it's extraordinary how the article speaks to member representatives carrying the vote on behalf of their territorial board. So for me, reading the articles when I first joined West Indies Cricket, I thought this is very simple. If you've got a contested election, you would have the different parties would present to the respective territorial boards. They would convene a meeting afterwards. They would discuss and debate the different, you know, portfolios and the different strategies that were being presented and choose their preferred leadership for the organisation and that their shareholder representatives would carry through that vote. Uh, and if they didn't, then, you know, you would expect to be disciplined by your territorial board for going against the wishes of that board. So I, I find the whole process... Um, very, very different to what I would expect reading the article for that. Um, um, Johnny, uh, obviously you have your, you have your, 
they convened meeting AGM for the 11th of April. Now, do the territorial boards, have they already said yes they to attend this meeting that has been set for the 11th? Or do they have to give notice that they're going to attend this meeting? And by what if they time frame that they have to do this, or, or have they done it already? No, no. no I mean we we send the notice out to the shareholders about you know the AGM being set for the 11th, and um, yeah, we would you know we would expect them all to all to attend, but obviously um, we might not find out until 10 o'clock on the 11th, like we we unfortunately found out um, a few days ago. Do you expect yeah, what, that I would, the, what I would say is. Notice that was sent out was a resumption of the meeting. It's not a new notice. Yeah, it's right. in the German. Yeah, Gregory's right. right. So, so the notice you would have received initially mm -hmm. just means that the meeting didn't take place and you're going to reconvene. Mm -hmm. So it means that everybody that received the notice already has a notice to continue. Right. And everybody that was given notice or give notice as to who was their representatives. It will be the same representatives. Right. Because it can be no chance. to change your representatives. Right? So that, that's clear. That's, that's the article. So, Johnny, what I want to ask you is, you, you were an executive for Rickshire, and you joined <coughs> You joined us. <laughs> Careful what you're saying here, Gregory. Careful. I'll, I'll move so you can see the, uh, the picture behind me. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. 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 Yeah. Good company, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> A very good company. Yes. No, no. Johnny, what actions can you tell us are necessary? to make a shareholder in Cricket West Indies happy. That they feel yeah. that, you know, investment in Cricket West Indies is bringing benefits and returns to them. Well, I think um, you know, what, you, what you want is the, the game to be led by your governing body in, in the, the highest possible standards. You want um, funding to flow. You want Ultimately, the, the, I guess, in the eyes of your members uh, and, and therefore your, in a sense, your own shareholders, it's about um, England winning in the case of Surrey and Surrey winning. Um, but to a certain extent, you know, most fans and most members you know, aren't really interested in AGMs and articles of association and politics. You know, it's a very, very small minority that actually care about these things, thank God. Um, most fans actually are more interested in what's happening up at the Sir Viv Richards Stadium and hoping that we're going to get 20 wickets and, and win a test match and, and keep the winning vibe going. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's, that's good news for us because none of what's happened in the last 48 hours in my mind um, is, is You've said that the shareholders want to see that in essence they get into see cricket. They get into host cricket. They get in a share of development funds of profit distributed to them, right? They, yeah. they, they want to see their players, their individual players from the territories develop to make West Indies team and such. And if it is not equitable, if it is not fair, there is some perfection, right? 
you know, so so the the, the, the job then is to keep all your stakeholders, all your shareholders happy. Do you think that Cricket West Indies is making all of their stakeholders happy? That never, never happened. But I just want to hear from you. Never, never happened. happened in history. It's the philosophy that we're trying to have. Um, that's why we took the view, obviously pre-COVID, to ensure that every international ground or every territory that had international cricket would have at least a test match or two white ball games of the men's team and that we would spread our cricket around the region trying to take any um, accusation of politics out of how we play cricket. I think we've um, certainly, you know, on an equitable basis, fund all the franchises and fund all the territorial boards. So there's no you know, favour shown or, or discrepancies between how we now allocate cricket, how we fund the territorial boards. So in that respect, I think we are doing as much as we can do. Um, clearly, there will always be fans or people within territories that think their players should be, you know, should be picked over another player. And you know, that's part of the, you know, the excitement of cricket and the debate of cricket and the narrative of any sport, which is, you know, you think this, I think this player should play and you think that player shouldn't. But you know, we want that debate and we welcome that debate. But I think we certainly, um, the philosophy here is to share cricket out equally, equitably, and uh, and and fund boards in a similar fashion so very very limited amount of our funding is performance related so related to maybe the IPL release fees if you are a territory that's producing more cricketers maybe through the West Indies production fees if you're producing more players to the West Indies team there might be a small amount of additional funding but it's in the main it's very equitable funding. All right um, just very quickly, and 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 Drew, because I I have to leave now, but uh, I just want to thank everyone again for allowing me to be part of the discussion. And and I, I have to say that I, I mean I still think I'm, I'm relatively young, which might be by fooling myself with all the grey hairs. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm kind of tired of these same things every two years, and so and essentially the, the same issues that we have in Western cricket. And I, I would just like whether it's Johnny Grave, whether it's Richard Kurt, whether it's Anam Sanasi or Calvin Hope or whatever, once they can say that they are satisfied, that they are seeking the best interest of Western cricket and mm-hmm. are fully transparent in whatever they're doing, I have no issue. But if they're playing political games, leave me out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, gentlemen, have a good evening. Take care. Just to be joined by Dr. Kishore Shallow. Uh, it should be interesting to hear from, from him. Uh, particularly in relation to this Binwood situation. So we're going to hear from him, and, of course, we're going to take a break as well. Mason and Guest is brought to an association. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, we'll take a, a leave from, from, uh, from, uh, from, uh, from uh, Shallow, and of course, Philo Wallace is there um, in his study there. Um, Dr. Shallow has joined us. Anthony Gray has also joined us as well because we want to 
obviously continue our little discussion on cricket. Um, but Dr. Shelley, you've been listening. Any reaction to anything you've heard this evening? Good evening to you, sir. Good evening, Andrew, and good evening to your listeners, um, your co-host, Dr. Ford. And let me say a special good evening to my comrade and friend, Gregory. Gregory, nice to see you. How, how, how are you, man? I'm fine. Um, but I, you say comrade, but I, I'm not sure we are comrades. Um, <laughs> we know that we comrades. We know that comrades. I feel like important to um, go to Dominica. We've been able to find the president of the Dominica Cricket Association, Mr. Glenn Joseph. Uh, Glenn, how are you this evening? I'm on the road driving. All right. Okay. All right. Um, We've got uh, your your colleague, uh, Gregory Schillingford. Of course, you know him, fellow Dominica. Johnny Grave, the CEO of Cricket Destiny, Dr. Shallow, um, your president uh, of the Windwards Board. And, of course, Philo Wallace, and uh, we've also got Anthony Gray, and we've got Dr. Uh, Andrew Ford, who's making some notes. Um, put us in the know. W- were you supposed to vote on behalf of the Windwards? Well, I, I, I was not supposed to vote. Um, the, the question is, uh, or the issue there was, I know I represented the Windward Islands at the last meeting, Right. Uh, the shareholder. So it was anticipated that I have been, I mean, still have to represent the Minot Islands as, as, as that as, as a position. But um, the Minot Island board reserved the right to change its it, 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 uh, representative at any time. And if there are questions and if there are doubts and so on. And, um, so there's no option as to. What was done, but how it was done basically was basically an issue for me. Yes, um, I think oh, because oh, it was um, and many things have been said, and that's what our issue issue is, you know. So, but like I said, um, you know, my 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 involvement in the sport is basically to unite and create harmony, and you know, I do not look forward to creating division in the sport that I that administer, you know. And my first response also. Is to the country that I represent, you know, and um, it is a little saddening that, you know, I've been from all the other islands, I mean, Dominica does not have a representation, and it's just not a nice feeling, you know, um, and basically that's why I am with that, you know, but um, so it is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to ask a question, though. Um, so, so you're saying that you you were informed about what? I mean, I mean, let's say the first, let's say two or three weeks before um, the election, were you of the view that you were going to be one of the shareholders voting two weeks before the election? Well, yeah, definitely. And uh, added to that, um, we had a, a meeting where we discussed um, the elections and our support for Dr. Shallow. I mean, we all agreed that we were going to support him. Right. Um, I was the first person really who contributed to that, and I said, well, it wasn't fair to remove anybody at this point, because I was in the same situation, putting an election, and, and that was at a meeting somewhere in between the FFH, thereabouts, uh, 24th February, thereabouts, um, and, you know, as a person who really lent my support then, we all agreed that we were going to support, I don't know where all of this thing coming from, you know, where, you know, I was offered I was offered monetary promises and looking for children oh, really? and all this garbage. And I, I, I'm disappointed. My family also is disappointed. Uh, and um, and that's where I'm at. You know, and I, I believe in good governance. I believe I give a man my will. I give my word. It doesn't matter what you hear on the outside. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe if, if, you, if my colleagues hear anything negative about me, like I do to my colleagues, I will call you and ask you a question. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I have to push you, I push you, and, and that's that how it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I believe, I believe, you know, is that we do, but how we do things? Because you know, at the end of the day, we would want to maintain good relationships, and mm-hmm. and um, so we kind of feeling left out as a nation. The only person from the all the islands, from the four islands, mm-hmm. that does not have representation. And like I said, it, it's, it's not a good side. But no, I'm lost, you know. I'm the kind of person that can, <laughs> I mean, jab you today and. I love you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, this person is really hurt. I mean, they are very hurtful. Uh, and and that's where, that is where I take it from there. It's a bit personal. Hurtful. My family is offended by it. And I, and I think that somebody needs to apologize and, 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 and make things right. Apologize. Okay. Uh, when last have you spoken to Dr. Shallow? I have not spoken to Dr. Shallow in a while. Um, you haven't spoken to him in a while? But like, but like I said, like I said, there are some things that I will not disclose here. They will be dealt with internally Ooh. because I think you know the limited publicly worsens the situation. Oh, I see. And I think it be the most important thing is personal. Um, I will take some time to call Dr. Shalu and talk to him about everything. But let, let things die down and you know let let emotions die down and, and all that. I understand the heat of election. I was just in one, um, and I understand how people feel when they're in elections and. I also understand that there could be very negative and wicked people in things that people could just fabricate things and make false allegations and, mm-hmm. and mess up a whole thing. I so see. I only wish that there's already mission. There's already, I mean, friction at the highest level. And at the middle of the island, we should try our best to maintain the best relationship that we can. To be able to move cricket in the windward forward where we can be on top of the ladder. Oh, I see. Uh, Dr. Shallow, any response for this? Because... You know, people are saying that uh, you went behind the scenes and, and changed um, our friend Mr. Joseph, and they're not happy. Dr. Shallow, do you want to respond? Well, what we did follow followed our constitution, and, and it was led by our our secretary, who is a brilliant young attorney, and he has ensured that the process of of electing our shareholders' rep, our the and um in alignment 
with our institution. And so what we did was identify the two persons who we think are most capable of um, attending and providing um, you know, analytical um, feedback and so on in that meeting. And that is exactly what we did. We, as, as Glenn rightfully said, and good, good afternoon to you, uh, good evening to you, Glenn. Um, as he said, he attended previous meetings. He attended the last meeting. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with choosing different um, members. Mm -hmm. to represent the territorial board. And I, I think that is what is going to cross the region. It is nothing, it is not inconsistent with what happens otherwise, you know. And I mean, I, I, I would want to think that Glenn maybe, and maybe he is disappointed and when, whenever we speak um, sooner or later, he is free to express that to me. And I'm happy that every, all of my members mm -hmm. from, um, from when was one to attend the meeting and that is fine. But, you know, we, 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 we what I, continue to advocate in Winwoods as I as I am doing in West Indies cricket is is a inclusive environment. And I, I believe that I mean for most part uh, certainly over the last two years since I've been the president of Winwoods, that is what has been happening. And you know, hence Glenn attended a meeting, um Carol has attended a meeting, currency president currency, you know, he, he just that's his fourth opportunity to attend a board meeting and so on. And I, I could guarantee you that is identifying the person with the competencies best suited for these meetings is what selecting the, our shareholders, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, any reaction, Dr. Ford, to all of this? <laughs> I, I, I would like to ask Johnny a question, but the, the one question I would ask Dr. Shallow was, were you, in spite of following your rules, were you dissatisfied with the the work and the effort that was put in by the former representative who was on, on the line? I don't consider him a former representative. Um, uh, I mean, Dr. Ford. That, well, you know what I mean. In his, in his previous capacity, were you satisfied with the work that he did? What I'm saying is that, I mean, I would not rule out the possibility of Glenn or any other director attending future board meetings. And remember, this is not only my choice. We, we had a, we went, one, one second up, one second up. We had a process. Mm -hmm. And the process simply was that two members were nominated. I mean, no one else was nominated to attend the meeting. The two persons who were nominated were the two persons who attended the meeting on Sunday and who, again, would attend the meeting on the 11th of April. Mm -hmm. Was it yes or no? What I want you to understand, Dr. Ford, is not okay, yeah. an individual. Yeah. It's not an individual who makes decision at winning okay, board level. It's a board of directors. Mm -hmm. I understand, uh, Johnny. I'd like to ask you two questions. Uh, the first question is: um, Is the CWI deficit at present larger than it was two years ago? That's question one. Question two: Sorry, Dr. Ford. Is the CWI uh, is the all the consolidated accounts. I'm asked, the first question is, is the CWI deficit greater than it was uh, two years ago? And number two, the TV rights uh, that have been secured, I want to know if the numerical value per annum for the, for the uh, companies you struck the rights with, is it the same, is it less, or is it more than it was last cycle? Uh, well, <laughs> what I would say, 
order for the media rights, we're still in the process of securing them. So um, whilst we've taken um, three new deals to the board of directors and got approval, uh, we haven't actually signed a long-form contract yet, although I expect to sign them in the next 48 hours. And one of those is our biggest TV deal in the Indian market. Um, but I would say we're on track to probably, um, you know, the media rights market compared to when we got to market last in 2012 to the market now, even pre-COVID, but certainly post-COVID or even during COVID, uh, is, is unbelievably different. Um, so I, I think we will come out virtually the same on an annualized basis comparing like for like. Um, once we've completed the process, even you know, by the end of next week, hopefully we would have, those board approved contracts would be signed, but we've still got to do deals in major cricketing markets, Australia and the Middle East and North Africa. Uh, and obviously until we've done those, it, it wouldn't be right for us to compare. We also now, you know, that previous TV included all our radio rights, it included our digital rights, it included the production costs of our TV. So you know, even if we, we we will probably be above it on a on a cash and revenue basis, but we've obviously got to look at the net. We're now incurring the cost of production. So um, yeah, hopefully we'll be in a position where we were certainly not not um, too far different to the annualised previous contract under Sony Ten Sports, and that in itself would be a very very good achievement because most of the board is in that.
in the exact finances is is the contractual uh, confidentiality that exists in all of them. I think when we get through the process, uh, and obviously again our audited financial statements are available on our website. You know the, the the total amount of those contracts would be captured within our financial statements next year. So it's not something that we would hide. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge the, the commercial sensitivities, contractual confidentiality clauses within those contracts. Okay. Last question. Um, you mentioned that the I think you mentioned that your your auditors on the 12th. At that time, you had audited financial statements, the credit for the Coolidge Brown, which you said was just um, a carpenter and, and sporting organizations, I, I believe. Was that on the, the rent from the Antigua Athletics Club, yeah. So if the quantum of these credits was so small, why would it have taken such an inordinately long time to produce the consolidated uh, financials, seeing that if, if those numbers were so small, it could have the auditors within less than a day. And if it's that small, I, I, I'm not an accountant, but I'm just looking at the length of time it took for the consolidated statements to be ready. Yeah, so we, we first, um, CCG Inc. was formed in 2017 and didn't have any financial audit financial statements. So we had to audit 2017, 2018, 2019 from CCG Inc.'s perspective, so three financial years. We then had to produce, once that audit was completed, the consolidated audited position of, the, you know, the, the, effectively the two organizations. Um, that had to be firstly audited by KPMG Barbados, and then it had to go through, under their COVID-19 protocols, it has to go through a second partner review. And that process took approximately 10 working days sorry, not 10 working days, 10 days, including the weekends. Um, so I, I would say on behalf of the staff that were involved, that was an extraordinary effort to produce three years' worth of audited financial statements and extraordinary effort from KPMG to turn that round um, locally first and then internationally through that second partner review within 10 days. Okay, last question. Um, based on experience from the from the election prior to this one, um, how were the ballots done? Did you do a show of hands or did you have uh, ballots that were private? I think the articles are fairly clear that once the meeting's convened and you get that as part of the agenda, the election, um, a chairman is selected from the shareholder members um, and the first uh, point of order is, is, is um, the election with a show of hands. If, if one of the, the, the member representatives uh, requests a ballot, then you move forward with a ballot. And um, Gregory's probably um, better placed than I to, to uh, okay, but I'm just by that. But, that, but that, that's what the article speaks to. So you firstly go with a show of hands, mm. and then secondly a ballot. I know that's what the article says. I'm just asking you what happened. In the previous election, well, the first election under when I was chief executive was uncontested. Um, President Cameron was was not um, was up for re-election, but there were no other candidates. In the second one, um, there there was a request from one of the shareholder representatives to have a ballot, so we moved forward with a ballot. So you didn't do show of hands. No. Mm. Gregory, your re uh, Greg Gregory, your reaction to all this? I see you're making some notes. 
is correct. I mean, he quoted the same articles that we have knowledge of. Um, and it's quite correct. Where, where you have, and it, it is instructive that there have been many elections in which presidents and vice presidents were elected unopposed. Mm -hmm. So technically, a, a, a ballot, whether by a show of hands or by a poll, was not on the table. Right? In this instance, we felt, we saw that there are members who were not satisfied and as was their right, they decided to contest the elections, right? That is called the democratic rights of shareholders, you know, to mm -hmm. get involved in, mm -hmm. in the, the process of governance, you know, leadership of, of their organizations, right? And they expect that everything will be contested according to the articles, right? And the rules applying to elections and so on and so forth you know mm -hmm. so, so you know it, 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 it's not anything of animosity i mean you can have your program i'm not satisfied you're doing your best you didn't achieve your best i have a right to challenge you i mean there, there's no love loss you know as a result of that i mean i know that people lose elections and they're still friends with the people that beat them you know i mean so so, so that is what we hope would would take place right Mm -hmm. But um, what I would also say is that with regard to the consolidated state statements, I mean, Johnny makes reference only to to, to income, but I, I, I am aware that we didn't just acquire college for free. We, we paid out, may have paid out money, or we promised to pay money, and they treated it as a payable, which has to be accounted for on a cruel basis in their accounts, you know, so... It's not just some expenses, it's also payments, you know. You know it's not just income, it's expenses also that have to go into the account. And um, as what is saying, once you have a subsidiary organization, you, 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 you must know yourself that you have to do consolidated accounts. You know? But as I say, circumstances played out the situation where the variant Jen, we, we just got another 10 minutes left in the show, so we got to move very quickly. Uh, let's, let's come back to you, Dr. Shallow. Um, so come the 11th, you expect to win this thing big? Last time you were on the show, you said 8-4, then you said 3 or 10-2 with the recent events in Ghana. What do you think now, Dr. Shallow? Um, I'm still quite confident. Um, I won't be surprised if, if um, based on what's happened on the weekend, you know, mm -hmm. as most persons say on this panel and the listeners would agree that oppositions are normally quite optimistic and, and enthusiastic, enthusiastic about um, elections. And the fact that there was a no-show, it clearly means that they have somewhat accepted defeat. So going into the elections on the 11th, I think our position is much stronger than it was on Sunday. And so maybe 11 1 we are on you. 11 1. Well, And that's if they actually show up. Oh. And that's if they actually show up. Do you expect, Mr. Sanasi, do you expect Mr. Sanasi and Mr. Hope to withdraw from the race? Who knows? Who knows? 
um, I, I don't think um, the gentleman turned up for his election yesterday in Guyana. So who knows if he would actually turn up on the 11th as well. Mm -hmm. I see. So you expect him to win this 11-1 then? What was Sorry, that saying, Gregory? Something? Gregory? Um, I just wanted to ask Dr. Um, Shallow a question for, for, for clarification for the avoidance of doubt. Um, so are you aware that your esteemed secretary, who you said is very competent, did he send a notice to all shareholders of the Windward Islands or directors of the Windward Islands that there would be a meeting to determine um, who would be the representative? Did you receive a, a notice of such a meeting? And did Mr. Glenn Joseph in Dominica as the president and director receive such a notice? That's for the nomination to, that's for the election as for shareholders rep for, for, for Winwood? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, as, as you well aware, Gregory, we are obviously island separated by water, and so mm -hmm. there, there's not often that we have a meeting for everything. But what was done was a process by email, mm -hmm. right? And to confirm that the process did take, take place, if he's still on the call. Mm. I see. All right. Are still on the call? Glenn, are you still there? Uh, Glenn has left us? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Can, can you confirm what Dr. Shallow said just now? Well, somehow he's right. I mean, uh, on the 18th of, uh, of, of on the 18th, this one, right? Um, the sending an email asking for nominations for um, for shareholders, right. and then the official was the one who made the nomination, um, and then well, most of the board members or the directors. Um, supported the nomination. There could not have been a, domin a nomination from Dominica because there was not or another nomination I, I would want to assume um, because I was the only director from Dominica on the email thread. And, and um, mm -hmm. I did ask the secretary to to add one of our, well, our first vice president to the email thread and it, it was not done, I mean, up to this day. So, uh, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's not what you do, but the, in the manner in which you do. Uh, or oh, the manner. The manner in which you do things. Right. And, and, and I believe when, when we, the actions that we take, mm. you know, we must be mindful of our reaction later on. Mm. That is why it is always prudent to take the best course of action. I mean, I'm not faulting the Glenn, director. Glenn, for, Glenn, for Glenn, Glenn, time is tight. Uh, are you planning to do something in Dominica about all of this? Uh, no, I'm not trying to do anything. I mean, I mean, we are we are sovereign nation, and we must be respected. Right. Um, and then there must be, I mean, a course of action from mm -hmm. from from our, our nation. Uh, mm -hmm. I am I am not in this to create further confusion. Like I said, I, there are some things that we have to do with internally. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, and the official should be expecting that as well. Right. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Mm, all right. Well, well Glenn, ten time is against us. It's a pleasure having yes, you. Yes. I, I know you're driving in busy streets of Portsmouth. You've got to try to get back to, to Roseville before the curfew. I don't think you're on curfew because they understand that there are no, no, no COVID cases in Dominica. No, uh, no, no. We're here. So that's why we're ready for curfew in Dominica. All right. All right. Okay. So I hope that is soon. I mean, that's on the agenda. Right, right. Safest place to play cricket. Thank you very much indeed, Glenn Joseph, the president of the Dominican Cricket Association. Quick, um, let's go back to Johnny. We just got, what, five minutes left to show. 
Can you tell us quickly, are we going to be having the regional tournament? There was some talk that the regional tournament was starting in April. Are you going to still have regional in April? Well, we're hoping to have some four-day cricket in April. Um, it's probably going to be towards the back end. Um, and we may have to consider um, you know, the model that I think I articulated before Christmas on the show where we would convene mm-hmm. all, all six teams into one island and play. I think that that's almost certainly not going to happen now. Um, the challenges of quarantine, the challenges of COVID, uh, medical protocols, regional travel and logistics are just going to be insurmountable. But we're hoping to uh, work through plans over the next few days. We've already had discussions with our fixtures committee and the GFX committee around how we can play some four-day cricket in April and May to ensure that our cricketers stay active, play some Red Bull cricket and prepare for uh, the visit to South Africa and the two test matches we're hoping to in June. So uh, it's probably going to be local cricket um, that we will have to consider where we have, you know, Barbados A versus Barbados B playing four-day cricket under the sort of as close to first-class conditions as we can get. But mm-hmm. we're working through all those plans. We're very keen to get cricket played, but we have to understand the challenges that the region currently faces with COVID and the, 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 the restrictions that ministries of health are putting um, countries and sport under. Mm. Well, well um, you know, may I ask yeah, one, yeah. one question? Yes, yes, yes. Johnny, are you are you satisfied that with the model of playing two test matches three days apart, or you know whatever, like what happened now? Mm-hmm. Would would are you satisfied with how the preparation of the wickets or the planning for the preparation went? I mean, because we seem to have a flat pitch in the first mm-hmm. in the first test match, and then. Only in the second match, another mm-hmm. flat wicket mm-hmm. with little time between the matches, really drench the wicket and get it green and mm-hmm. you know some moisture right. and hard. So, mm-hmm. Johnny, would you adopt that same, same model against South Africa? Um, well, we might have to under COVID conditions where we're playing back-to-back test matches at the same venue. And that certainly isn't the model that we mm-hmm. advocate and that we plan for. We want to that have different test matches at different venues. And actually, we've advocated at ICC that we believe most, well, all test cricket should be three test matches um, rather than two-match series. Um, that said, I, I think the, the ground staff at the Saviv Richards Stadium and Coolidge Cricket Ground have done an extraordinary job working under very difficult circumstances with um, curfews in place here in Antigua and Barbuda uh, to work through the volume of cricket they've played we had the women's team here in January in high-performance camps playing inter-squad matches. We had all six regional teams playing Super 50, and then all three T20s, ODIs, and two test matches, plus a warm-up game and a best-v-best four-day game, mm-hmm. all here in Antigua across those two venues. So I think the ground staff have done an extraordinary job, and I wouldn't criticise them. But uh, mm-hmm. as Gregory rightly says, you know, we want um, and have invested heavily in producing what we believe are the best possible services for test matches and uh, we'll continue to do that when we can hopefully revert to normal situations where we can host test series across mm-hmm. two international grounds and, and get those varied conditions and give ground staff much more time to prepare podcast services. Johnny, thank you very much indeed. Just the final word with uh, Dr. Shallow. Shallow, um, it looks as if you may very well go on to win. What do you have to say to 
my friend Calvin Hope and Anansa Nasty before we leave. Those are the gentlemen that I have um, respect for, and I, I wish them well with whatever. And what I want them to realize is that West Indies cricket is bigger than any individual. And whenever they're making decisions, that they should ensure that it's in the interest of West Indies cricket. So, you know, I wish them best. Um, I do hope that they realize that we need to work together. Mm -hmm. President Ricky Skerritt has been championing for the last two years, and that is what we'll continue to champion. W wonderful, wonderful indeed. And what I want you to do in 30 seconds, make sure you call Mr. Glenn Joseph, go to Dominica, have some mountain chickens, and Dominica's an unhappy all, Dr. Shallow, you've got to bend that fence there with our I, friend I, there in Dominica. Andrew, and, and, yes, and I think by and large, Dominica, no, Dominica, they continue to be a key stakeholder in Windows cricket and West Indies cricket, and we'll continue to work together. Right, and, uh, and of and course, you Dr. Shallow hasn't been to Dominica since 2016. I don't think this is wrong. Maybe I'm going to come and enjoy visit you after COVID. I see. And of course, before. Uh, and of before we leave, before we leave the show, make sure, Dr. Shallow, that you call Gregory Comrade. Yes, man, that's my, regardless of what he says, he's still my comrade. He is indeed. <laughs> I want to thank you, Johnny Gray, for coming to CEO of Cricket West Indies. Thank you, fellow Wallace. Uh, they may study. Uh, they have to represent who knows, Dr. Shallow. Thank we you, of course. You, of course, my good friend, Dr. Ford. And we also had Glenn Joseph on the line. I'm Andrew Mason. It's open for a bar tomorrow. It's good night. Yes. Unfortunately, we didn't hear you. I see. What? What? Andrew. Anyway, wonderful show. I hope all and Sanji would have enjoyed it. Invite you to listen more more cricket. Come Sunday. 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can show have all of these guests. We hope, hope you have, have a very interesting, interesting, very interesting Come Sunday, Sunday at 9. nine. And nine. usually we get that, that guest on at 8 p.m. Good night, night. God, God bless. And uh, enjoy this show. show immensely. did not hear from those two parties who did not participate in the meeting last Sunday. So, with that said, good, good night to all, to all and May you have, have a blessed evening. Thank you.